Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and we're well into 2021, but I have been sharing with you uh, episodes that I recorded in late 2020. So now we're into new, brand new recordings, and I think I lost track of the numbers there, but I reckon we're up to episode 247. Uh, this is a conversation with a writer called Talia Marshall. Now, often I meet people and I think you'd be great to talk to, or I already know them and, or know of them. I didn't know Talia Marshall. I knew her work. That's why I reached out to her, but we'd never met. And uh, she is a Dunedin-based writer who spent some time in Wellington last year. Um, I really enjoyed her work and I followed her on social media and uh, I don't even think we really have interacted that much, but I sent her a message and said, you know, would you be up for this? Well, she happened to be in town the other week and she said, yeah, sure, let's do it. Uh, I found myself in the room with her talking to her about her life and what she's doing with writing. Um, She is a poet and she is an essayist and I guess she is a columnist and freelance journalist too now because you can read her work, uh, her essay um, about rugby and uh, and Maridim is in the second to most recent issue of North and South. It's a beautiful essay. It's online now, so there'll be a link to it in the notes for this. Um, and so she, I think she's hoping to do some more work for North and South. But she has written for the spin-off, the Pantograph Punch, uh, a bunch of places. Again, there'll be more links that you can follow. Um, and uh, she teases the fact that she's working on a book of essays, um, which will be brilliant. Uh, there's no question there. She's an amazing writer. And a book of poetry has been long in the works for her, so at some point that will uh, come out too. We had a big chat about writing, uh, about who she is and how she's formed as a writer through being a reader uh, and what's gone on in her life. Uh, I love this conversation and I hope you check out her work if she's new to you. Um, I think she's one of the the great talents in New Zealand writing at the moment and so I was thrilled that she wanted to come around and have a chat. And uh, yeah, I I reckon we got on. Uh, I enjoyed this conversation. I think she did too. And now I hope you do. This is me chatting with Talia Marshall. So I quite often um, start these by saying a little bit about how I maybe know or have met someone. But you've just walked in my door. I don't know. We've not met, have we? At all? No. No. I don't know you. I wanted you to come round, I guess. I mean, I know your work. And that's why I wanted you to come round. I know your work. And uh, I guess we... You know, we know of each other on social media the way people know of people. That's mm. how I contacted you. But that's it. Mm. We don't know each other. So I was, I guess, not amazed, but I was pleased that you wanted to come around and have a chat. I was up here anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I, know, I know what we're doing. <laughs> I, know, I know this is just filling in your day. But, um, but uh, you know, you could have done something else. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, why did you say yes? Uh, I was just being polite. Yeah, good. Yeah, so <laughs> no, that's good. No, you've been really polite. You've been, you, 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 you bought hot cross buns. It's been, you, you've got a beer. It's been yeah. delightful. Um, you're a poet and an essayist. That's what people call you. That's what your bio says. Mm. Um, is that what you are? You know, do you like being called that? And are you now more one more than the other, do you think? Uh, I still don't think I'm an essayist. I think that's something that's happened to me by accident. Mm. But yeah. And uh, the poet, I'd probably be reluctant to call myself a poet either. Yeah, yeah. Like a, but yeah. You're, people are, uh, I guess people are getting to know you now as, a, as an essayist. That is how your name's getting out and about. It's, it's a trap. <laughs> I'll never be able to get out of it now. 
what? and write what I thought I was going to write. How did you get trapped? Was it um, the lure of a paycheck or more than just that? Uh, it was when, oh, I sort of thought I was doing a book review, but I'd never done a book review before either. So um, uh, Steve Bronius asked me to write about Rotoria and... Um, I didn't even know that was an essay. Mm. Yeah, mm. I just thought I was talking about my relationship with it, with the book and the and my son's father. And um, I hadn't really read other essays. I sort of had a bit of time where I didn't um, think too much about what was going on. You mm. know, what was popular. Mm. So I didn't actually even realise that personal essays were a thing. <laughs> were a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But isn't that that's a good way to be? I think like writing is writing. Writing is, I mean, there'd be loads of people that would disagree, but writing is writing and, yeah. you know, you, you can uh, have discussions or arguments over a particular form, whether something fits a form or not, but as a writer, uh, you're compelled to do something, to put something, to, and, and writing is a lot of times reacting, and reviewing is certainly just reacting to something it's, and, and, and discussing a relationship you know maybe there is no relationship between you and the thing and that's a way to review something but I can't review something if I've got no some not some personal connection to the material mm -hmm. but I do have like I don't really do those reviews in the same way that I I don't really do it was funny to be called a reviewer for a while too because mm. I, <laughs> I talk about myself more in the, the review than the book so which is insulting to the author so <laughs> I've got a few rules <laughs> about that, like mm. what about reviewing a review essay. Mm. I would never like write about one of my contemporaries mm. unless I was doing it in a you know deeply respectful way. Yeah, so I like I don't I'm not a great reader of nonfiction and historical. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I've got some rules like they can be dead. Mm -hmm. So some of my favourite fiction authors like they're dead. Mm -hmm. And, um, or just writing about something that's not a novel, mm -hmm. yeah. So what are you a big reader of? Novels. And when did that happen? When did I start reading novels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, how, you know, I how was did just you... like a crazy, crazy, uh, greedy reader for, yeah. and that from, me, it... from, I don't even really remember not being able to read mm -hmm. and that being <laughs> the main goal of every day. Like just even like hands. Or backs of shampoo bottles, <laughs> CDs, like, like anything, just mm. text. You know, mm. I'll get stuck looking at text. Yeah, and it's always been that way. Um, yeah, always been a right? reader. Although for the you know, like I think with the internet, mm. um, I, I think my attention span is contracted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So I was. Jumping there was a period tears. when I was living in Waikato where um, that's got the lead in the water. Where mm. um. I was going through about seven novels a week, maybe, sometimes mm. three, between three or four, five, yeah, between three or four, just, uh, and then in the last ten years I have not read like that at all, mm -hmm. but I do read uh, voraciously online, well, even you, tweets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, do you, I mean, I want to go back and talk about a bit more about your reading, but since you mentioned Twitter, do you read, do you get in trouble on Twitter much? And does it mean anything to you? Like, or is that the game? 
I avoided Twitter for a long time because I I used to look at it a way back from outside the browser, like I mm. didn't belong. Mm. And then I realised that a porn bot had used my email to make an account that had been there on there for about seven years, and I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I might as well have an account. I yeah, could just yeah. take my <laughs> seize take, my power I'll back. I'll take that name back. <laughs> and um, no, I haven't had huge amounts of trouble. Um, I actually, in my own way, keep a pretty low profile. There's a couple of times I've been attacked out of nowhere, mm. and um, I haven't responded well. To, I felt really personally affected by that, but um, I try really hard not to attack anyone else out of nowhere because mm. I know how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you throw a few grenades on Twitter, but the grenades you're throwing aren't necessarily at, directly at people. Oh, like, it's a bit out the side of my mouth. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, I, I think of them as, as not only entertaining, but, but absolutely valid because they're like idea grenades. You know, you're tossing something into. I guess it's a like an imaginary conversation as much as it's a conversation, isn't it? Because it's a little bit like well, it comes a conversation if someone grabs onto it, but it doesn't mean you can't start it and have it as a Twitter person anyway. As a Twitter, you know, someone just throwing their thoughts out. Yeah, sometimes I feel a bit like the two old Muppets, talk, like, yeah. talking, like, yeah, yeah. talking to myself. Yeah, <laughs> <Wolf and Stella. laughs> yeah. But um, the original reviewers. It does affect me more than I probably. You know, I'll get quite obsessed with conversations that have got nothing to do with me, and I'll look at them and I'll think about them for actually quite a long time, mm -hmm. probably more than they deserve. <laughs> well, it's and then if I'm, if something's upsetting me. I'll wonder is it personal do I just not like that person or is there something is it really about them at all why I'm so upset so mm. that will be mm. why and I yeah I'll just have to ask myself a series of questions <laughs> so I don't get too involved do you um... and I'm contrary by nature yeah. so I will probably just often not agree with things for the sake of it, mm -hmm. and it's often probably best to keep that to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I do try and do instead is give people useless information about myself that they don't want to know. <laughs> like, just anything I'm doing that day, I think, I'll just share that instead. Well, that's social media. Do you? Yeah, like, what do you, I think it's an amazing yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> To me, be able to just... Me too. You couldn't ever do that before. Just me, have me a too. thought, and then it's out there in the world. And that's quite a democratic thing, you it know. Is. It's for everyone. Do you regret being involved in, like, not in a particular feud or discussion gone wrong, or but do you regret your involvement in social media from time to time? Like, do you think, oh, I should, or do you have big breaks from it, or do you wish you could? Uh, I will have the odd break where I'll be furious, and it's not because I'm frightened of the other person. I'll be frightened <laughs> of what, I'm what like, you're going to do. What you're going to say? Of what I, yeah, because yeah, I can be brutal <laughs> if I really feel like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just rip someone to shreds. Were you always like that? Uh, or was that an armour that you've built up? Have I always been outspoken? Yeah, well, you, like, well, you, or, you, or I've got the capacity to you tear you, strips off people. Yeah, you know you can be brutal. So is that something you've been aware of for quite a while? Yeah, people told me so. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you, well, I guess I guess the oh, generic question is: Were you like that as a kid? Like, do you remember being like that as a kid, or is it adult life that's armed you with that? 
Um, I have the odd outburst. I change schools a lot, so I, you know, I went to um, I started off at Mount Cook School, mm. which was a pretty you urban. You weren't born in Wellington, are you? No, but Mum moved up here when I was two. Right, so you did yeah. started school here, yeah. Yeah, I was at Crash here, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mum worked in Crashes, so yeah. So that, and then I was went down to St Clair School in Dunedin, which is very different, very parkour school, because Mount Cook was very mixed. I think there was only about five or six parkour in the whole school. I think mm. even at one point I joined, they had clubs, used to have club day, and I think I joined um, European club briefly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then ended up back at Brooklyn School and then up at Foxton Beach and then down in Dunedin for intermediate. So, I don't know, I think your personality changes a bit when you move from school yeah. to school. As You're a, a different kid at each school. How did you process that as a kid? Like, were you aware of the reasons for moving about or was, yeah. it, a, or was it an exciting adventure or was it an escape? Uh... Yeah, no, it was always, yeah, no, it was It was only one time that school was really hard. I actually had a really easy time at school, I think, pretty much. And actually pretty much at high school. So, I mean, one of the things that, when, you know, about Twitter, it's like, why would you recreate the conditions of high school? Like, <laughs> was it not bad enough yeah. the first time? Mm. Was it, I just don't know. It's like people mm. have wanted to go back there or something. That, and even worse than high school, because there's no escape, you know, it's 24-7. And I mm. feel for young people too, actually, with social media. They can't go home from school and something's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Yeah, look, I've got a nine-year-old, so I know a little bit about the world that he's heading into. And, yes. and some days I freak out that I don't know anywhere near enough about what it's going to be like for him until it's maybe too late. Because, I mean, he's just really in the last six months got into using computers yeah you know he's not using social media but he's gaming so he's setting up accounts and connecting with friends from school yeah through games and so it's all started it's on. yeah it's totally game on and i've got my views and my um understanding of the computer and how it works for me and i've got my ideal around how i want him to operate but none of that means I'm ready, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Well, yeah, it's nice that period where you get to protect your children from the world. Yeah. And, then <laughs> and it, it goes. doesn't last forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so what, what, so what was happening for you as a kid, apart from a lot of moving and a lot of reading? When did you settle? Uh, you probably settled? back in Dunedin from when I was about 12. But because I grew up with mum and lesbians... Which is why I call them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the outspoken sounds like partly Josie comes from the there. Cats. It sounds like a band. Oh, Mum and the Lesbians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really did have the, I've got lots of Mummy's book from Cuba Street. I've yeah. never been able to see it, find it again. <laughs> but, like, I was actually jealous of her because her mum seemed kind of cool, though. <laughs> Some of them even had long hair. <laughs> they were very... So I was in therapy for a while, and my therapist said to me... <laughs> You know, you were part of a... He kept on trying to emphasise how different it was compared to the probably what was around me mm. in terms of what other children had with the worlds that other children occupied. And that was sort of news to me. Like, I knew I was different. My world was different. 
but I had never really thought that it would make me different. Yeah, because when you're a kid, you just know what you know. Like, it seems obvious, right? But you just... Yeah. You know, and as much as you might, you know, I can remember going to um, other kids' homes and thinking, well, that's a different place they've put that and they don't have this. And yeah, yeah. Maybe they've, they've got, got a wing. soda stream. Yeah, they've, they've got the microwave. Before, you know, I remember, I could actually remember, <laughs> remember being blown away that um, some kids had a... A video a VCR that didn't have a cord, remote that had a cordless remote. Oh that, yeah, I remember. Our the first cord, one yeah, had the yeah. cord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you spotted things like that, but the um, cord would probably actually make it easier to find. I think like, so. Yeah. Actually, it's a really good idea. That's right. Like, <laughs> Without it getting lost down the couch. Um, but yeah, but you know, like, and obviously, you know, you you then become aware of the fact that maybe you're growing up in a like for me, I grew up in a place where actually. Um, so where are you from? I'm from Hawke's Bay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I grew up in, um, you know, white middle class families. So yeah. at school it was very rare for... Like a small town in Hawke's yeah, Bay? Yeah, Havelock like... North. Havelock North before the wine boom. So it's, oh, you know, okay. it's, it's, it's money. Oh, before but, it got it, before but, but it, went, got, went chi-chi money. Yeah, yeah, before its nose went up in the air. Like it's, um, it had, you know, no one was... Well, when I say no one was broke, there was obviously money and the town was growing, but it didn't have money like it has now and it didn't have wankers like it has now, is, yeah. my, is my feeling. But I went to school with, you know, mostly white kids and families where the parents were together, the jobs were stable, the homes were stable. But what I was getting at was you notice little differences, but that's all because you're really just concerned with yourself and how you're operating, and that's all that matters. I, well, for me, it wasn't a competitive comparing thing. Yeah. Ever. But like also the Hawks Bay, I noticed there. You know, so basically, Havelock North is a parkour town, and Napier is reasonably parkour. Although I did notice yeah. quite a few um, homeless Maori there, yeah. and then. Hastings and Flaxmuir are Māori, and yeah. then Waipakas, Waipakarau is a mixture, and then mm. I grew up to in... me, Hawke's Bay actually in some ways seemed like one of the most socially segregated places in terms of Māori and Pākehā that I'd been, and even actually in some ways more than the South Island. I think so, I completely agree with that, and I um, um, you spent early parts of my life in Flaxmuir. Yeah, yeah. And um, then when we moved to have it Roth, it just was... It's crazy. It's just a place you do not go. It's ten minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah. Minutes down the road, unless you needed to go there. You did. I mean, I didn't know anyone from Flaxmere, so I didn't yeah. go there. I didn't even go there again. You know, we went there on a school trip for geography to basically see how different people lived. Oh, is, really? But oh, that's I mean, they, crazy. Didn't, they didn't say it like that, but that's what really what it was. Just a poverty tourism. Yeah, poverty. Totally. That's, <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what it was. And I remember we we made jokes about it, like n- not snobby rich kid jokes knowing this is kind of, knowing sort of this is embarrassing that, that they, they've seen that, that they've this taken is what it. they want us to do that they want us you know it was called oh, that's interesting. like a kind of demography mission but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so that's yeah so i was there until i moved here and then i've just lived here oh okay that's me so you would but you were talking about the rock band mum and the lesbians and uh how that was different but you didn't think of it as different because it's just what you grew up with yeah i knew they were i like i knew oh no i definitely knew it was not like the rest sure and there was a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't allowed which i was desperate to get my hands on (laughs) 
like I was obsessed with stuff like beauty pageants and you know if someone came in the room and caught me watching Miss Universe <laughs> I w would have been turned off and I would have been actually probably got quite a decent lecture yeah about <laughs> why this was evil and I was yeah. like yeah but I want to be the right dance um yeah so the very thwarted with the girlishness and then I'd go down and stay with my mum and grandparents and they would indulge that stuff although no one taught me how to do my hair properly but that's alright I've got there, sort of got there in the end. And also, and women, just women talking constantly, you know, um, women around tables talking about everything. Yeah. Like, even before, like, what's happening now, so one of mum's friends <laughs> told, sorry, it's not funny, and, um, and uh, he was an Indian dairy owner, but this was in the late 80s, and he was stocking the Eskimo lollies. Told him he wasn't, he had to change the name to Little Inuits. Sorry. Because <laughs> this is, and you know, she's a Pākehā lady telling, mm. I guess what you'd call now a person of colour, mm. to, um, he wasn't allowed to have these lollies unless they had the right name. Mm. And I just thought, well, I didn't know. It was sort of a joke at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we, but yeah. So some of the stuff that goes on now, it's, I was like, this is 30 years later, mm. but it's, it seems extra hectic. Mm. Yeah, mm. that mm. we've got to the point we believe that naming, the, like the power of language, I'm a bit suspicious of it, as much as I use it, yeah, you know, people, like, that the world is constructed out of language, I mm. think that's true and untrue, mm. probably, yeah. Mm. And what were you thinking as a kid that you wanted to go on and do? Be about ballerina, sorry. <laughs> Or the rain dance. Yeah. Or a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, yeah, I definitely didn't have writing in mind. Even into my late teenage, like I did a theatre degree, I'd, I had no plans to be a writer. I just always got told that was the thing I was good at. And I was like, oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things, like mm. poems, like, oh, what? <laughs> well, where did you, yeah, I mean... Poetry's I wrote my first a... poem when I was about nine by accident. Yeah. 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 Eight or nine? No, yeah, about, I was about seven or eight. <laughs> it was about <laughs> a warm wind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a wind that felt nice. <laughs> I thought, oh, I shall write about the wind. <laughs> and then we had to write a poem for class. And I wrote about um, an elephant. I think it was so Eli the Elephant is my name. I can't remember how the rest of it goes. Oh, something, he, had a he was dancing. Eli the elephant was dancing. And um, I just got, got told that was something I could do. Mm, mm. And were you reading poetry? No. no. Oh, no, actually I did. I had, um, I was always given a lot of books. That was like not a disappointing present for me. Mm. <laughs> I got given, um, was it Unspun Socks? It was yes, Spike Milligan. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... That. I think even A.A. Milne, yeah. I think I yeah. got a version, my, one of mum's friends made me a version of Now You Are Six, when I chose oh, yeah. Six. Yeah. Um, and possibly revolting rhymes and things like that. Revolting rhymes, uh, Terry Jones from yeah. Monty Python yeah. did a fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah, but um, not, I mean I think a lot of poetry has probably come to me through the children's books I was read before I was a self-reader, mm. it's mm. probably like a blurry mm. time between when I was being read to and started to be 
read to myself. I was reading to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that that stays for people. I mean, and I mean, I mean, this is no disrespect at all, but uh, in fact, is the ultimate form of respect. But when I listen to Bill Manhire read, and when I've read some of his poems, they have the same structure and rhythmic feel as Doctor Zeus. And I really, oh, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. noticed that only a few years into reading his stuff, and there's some, there's a couple of the way he in, inverts phrases comes from, and the, and the repetition mm. comes massively from. You know, and I know, I know it's not just him, but like that was just my own personal revelation reading his stuff was that actually this voice is come from, directly from that. You know, yeah, sure and before we're conscious. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's that, at that poorest stage. And I th- actually, we... I think what it was for me actually was reading Doctor Zeus again to my kid. Was yeah, probably, yeah. You know, was and really feeling the rhythm, feeling the, them. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's actually probably because you're saying them out loud. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And, go, and going, and it's like recalling old memories because you're going, well, I do recognise this, and you might not have touched the book or had it connect with you in any way, you know. For, whatever, 20, 30 years, and then there you are reading it again. And oh, it's, I connected and it's coming... deeply with the Lorax. Yeah. What a terrible book, sorry. <laughs> For making children into environmentalists. <laughs> and what's that, what's that one, um, Shel Silverstein? And the Grey Flight's terrible with yeah. all the traffic, oh, you know, it was a tragedy. And Shel Silverstein, um, is it The Giving Tree? That's, oh, luckily I didn't oh, have that one. That's absolutely <laughs> tragic. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he ended up writing all these lyrics for Doctor Hook, all these um, dreadful M.O.R. songs. But um, he wrote tons of kids' books and illustrated them as well. But yeah, I always remember the Giving Tree. Oh, that's right. You got in trouble about um, Aldous. You know the video. Aldous Harding. Yeah, yeah, the video. I did. The, the perform the Jules Holland with the yeah. Jules Holland performance. Oh, I did get in trouble for that. Yeah. And I, um, I that was interesting to me because <laughs> the first time I watched that performance because you put it up, and me and my son were like just like cry laughing. Mm. And I actually, and it's the kind of thing that my friend would do. To make fun of people like that, so yeah. I rang her and we would cry laughing together. Yeah. But no, it, this connected to what we were talking about <laughs> with language because yeah. I was unpicking music underneath lyrics does something for the lyrics. Yeah. It kind of elevates them. Yeah, and you can't. And with poems, like the music mm. kind of has to be in the sound of the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. I was just kind of having a look at her lyrics going, how would these work without music? Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, yeah. I always quote... um, No, like, I actually like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just I had an involuntary... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love this book. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen. I always quote... (laughs) Did you um, button heaps trouble with that? Sorry. (laughs) No, no, I... I, Well, I got in... um, I got in spin-off trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So spin-off. I got in trouble. I got in trouble with the spin-off gang, and they um, they shared the Facebook status. And but you're not responsible oh. for the stuff that other people say. No, and underneath that. No, no, you're not. But I think we're becoming more so like we're going to be. This is an interesting thing with, and I think about this quite a lot. Like, are you the um, 
you know, you're you are the curator of your own page. <laughs> Fucking oh, I'm exhausted. I know. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think that's. I realise how stupid that sounds as I say it, and I don't quite believe that. But I think that's where it's heading, and well, so you are complicit for setting up the structure for someone to have uh, a violent. Re- so if someone on your page is, um, you know, racist, sexist, ableist, whatever the thing is that's not cool yeah. uh, if they're disrespectful and whatever there's an argument and it's already happening I think there's an argument that as the person in charge of that you know it's a bit like if you were running a club hu- yeah responsible hosting responsible if you were rubbing hosting. if you were running a club and someone had had too much to drink or just walked in and was an arsehole it's on you to have them removed so it's becoming like that with social media pages that you're the host and that you actually should now what people don't factor into this stuff and whether they should or not I don't know is maybe the person being a bozo on the page is your actual in real life best friend of 25 years (laughs) an in joke that only you and a couple of other people get but it's offended the other people who are on there who are surveying it and have decided that they'd like to be offended and or or just legitimately are offended and so it's just a murky world I don't claim to understand that at all but I think that's where it's heading is that you will get a little bit in trouble for the voices of others I think I don't think people should be getting in trouble for who they know because that's sort of what happened to me yeah on when the only trouble I've had on really with social media was that I knew people and to me that was absurd what was that uh, I'll Not just go good. easy on that one. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but I will say, you know, it was if your family, because these were people I thought of as family that I was being attacked for knowing. Mm-hmm. If your family were all very active online, I mean, most of us have got people in our family that we don't agree with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're people I actually know, and I absolutely will not explain that although I have explained it probably too much in the past but I should not have to explain my connection mm, mm. to people I actually really don't know you know yeah. I've never met in my life why, no, totally. I, I don't understand how it's got to that I know that we and that we've got the sense of entitlement to people's private lives yeah that we're supposed to have this allegiance to people we've never ever met and only have unproblematic people in our lives I mean yeah. that's just not how it is no it's not no. And, and you can make whatever joke or or you know, thinly veiled truth about the fact that actually it's more fun and interesting to navigate through problematic waters, but also that just everyone has baggage and has um, unique takes on the world that aren't all going to line up. So it's impossible to weed it all out, isn't it? I mean, why would I wait? I mean, it's also patronised. So I also don't actually really want to describe those people as problematic to me. Mm. You know, that was also part of it for me. I, I knew the people that I was defending the person to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can adjudicate over that in my own life, yeah. who I know to be a good person. Yeah. But this this is the problem is that, uh, with it is that you, you're having these conversations or whatever, or these add-ons to a central conversation, and you're not aware that you're giving away free tickets to anyone to come in and weigh in at whatever time they want to. No, I wonder if actually people will have to go back into training eventually on how to be in a room. Mm. <laughs> because, you yeah. know, these are the things that you kind of learn from 
Yeah. Actual like body cues. Yeah. Eyes. Um, yeah. Totally. You know, where, if someone's facing you or not. Maybe, maybe some of those roles are getting a wee bit. Yeah, totally. Like if you're, if you're at a party and someone introduces you to someone and you say hello and you say something and the conversation starts, you still default to the fact that your friend that introduced you knows that person better and you watch them have a bit of a conversation and you jump in at moments. That doesn't happen online. It's just pile on, pile in when ready because I've got something to say. Yeah, and, yeah, and so it's a different, yeah, it's a it's a different and fascinating structure. I mean, it's it's. Well, oh, I think, and I think the algorithms of each social media platform or site, like you know, they, they actually all three of them encourage a different kind of behaviour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. for me, Facebook's more intimate, and I only really interact with friends and family re- that I've known oh, forever. Yeah, I don't have people, and then like for Twitter's like an open sea. Twitter's insane. It's, yeah, it's kind of brilliant. You need a shark cage. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of brilliant and kind of utterly right absurd. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I enjoy the absurdity. Yeah, me too. From it. time to time, I I probably post the least on Twitter and I'm the least engaged on and with Twitter. And saying that if someone messages me or, or replies to me, and I've had some nice conversations with people and some readers over the years have mentioned some things and we've struck up some report I'm all into that but I'm just not as active on that as yeah. the others and then I just think it's just like a and I don't like a I've never I've taken yeah. it a few times I'm just like this is horrific <laughs> I like everything the, looks so nice yeah I quite I like the trust pos- it it is, yeah, it's I do horrible. quite like the positivity of Instagram I like the yeah I like the blame it's um mm. it can be soothing yeah after the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> After over coming out of the shark cage. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like the um well, I feel like this the potential for sort of equal weighting on posts. Like obviously people are running businesses and sponsoring posts and scamming people and doing all the different things that happen. But, you know, my photo of a road cone might get as much interest as someone else's family photo. And mm. and People will just like the photo of the road cone and won't ask me why. I've, I mean, I've taken hundreds, so now they know that's what I do. But, but also they just, I, they don't, they just accept it for what it is, and I think that's kind of quite cool. Which is exactly why I started taking the photos of them. It was just like, well, if a photo of a person's going to be here. Why can't a photo of a road cone? Yeah, and I was just yeah. sort of experimenting with it. It has been that kind of, kind of stuff. With that sort of stuff, I think, is artists quite cool. Artists seem to like it. Yeah, I think it's been really yeah. good for, you know, proper photographers and artists. It's a great, yeah, yeah, it's a visual for sure. medium. Yeah. yeah, and many of them, that is entirely their medium and they don't like doing their own press releases or words to describe what they do and the image is what they're known for. So they get to put that out in that, in that space. yeah. I just don't think I'm quite, I think I'm, was sort of a fuddy-duddy for my generation anyway, and and just too fuddy-duddy for Insta. Mm, yeah, mm-mm. yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm probably the same actually, like it's not really supposed to be for me, It's <laughs> kind of why I like it, you know, as well, I'm like, well, I'll just oh, go I know, do my... a lot of men that have a great time just... on Insta, I love it compared to the rest of it, they're yeah. like, and it's not just the photos of the beautiful woman, or yeah. whatever, like, yeah. you know, straight men that like looking at Insta. Yeah. It's soothing or something. It's relaxing and peaceful to just look at images. Yeah, well, you're not being challenged. I mean, yeah. you're not being challenged on your... Uh, and I don't you know, even actually have a to... problem with the fact that people use it to sell stuff. I think yeah. we should maybe get a grip on that stuff yeah. because people have always had to make a living to yeah. hustle, like, you know, with market 
that's that's been yeah. part of humans for a long time. It's yeah. just sort of got a bit amplified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of so easy to see through. So why would it be such a problem? I mean, I know influencers have a certain degree of influence, but it seems fairly mm. obvious. Maybe I'm, I hope, well, I like to give people credit, you yeah. know, for being, yeah. oh, they use that brand of soap, I, I want to use that brand too. That actually seems fairly innocent to me. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I, for me, all of this stuff has always been like, it's opt-in. You just... Yeah. You just... We've got, we you, do have choices. You do have yeah. choices. Like, as much as our choices are being manipulated yeah, by, you yeah. know, advertisers and captures of data, rah, 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 just spend less time on the page. Just go somewhere else. Find your space you want to be and look at the things you want to look at. And you are still making choices. And, I mean, that might be a bit naive, but I think that kind of keeps me afloat, you know, like, feeling like that. that I'm actually, I've actually clicked on this nine times out of ten because I've wanted to. Yeah, or, or I've clicked away from that because I've wanted to. Uh, I've got a baby sister that's the same age as my um, son, so they were born five days apart, and they're both twenty now. And she lives with um, William Syndrome, which is a fairly uh, rare chromosomal thing, mm. um, and has always been, and has had a bit of trouble at school with being different and often quite felt quite lonely but um she's like a model now because of instagram <laughs> like yeah, she got yeah. you know and she's advertising um tampons and um she loves it you know mm. like and it's been this actually has been really empowering for mm. her mm. yeah yeah, yeah it's a, exactly like it's and amazing lots of people to... have found their little place in the yeah, world. Yeah, and that's the, that's the, what we hope is the democratic nature of this, the idea that... Everyone can have access people to... People can have a go at being who they want to be. And yeah, other and other can people can have a go at, Have a go at finding it and buying it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, buying it in inverted commas, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, to circle back, I mean, I like that you, we were talking about Bill Manhire and... Um, or I was, and Dr. Zeus, and then Aldous Harding came up. Um, it was totally me that got in trouble, by the way. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't trying to throw Facebook followers under the bus. What my point was more that oh, the spin-off. My point was more that they were actually a bit reckless by sharing everyone's profiles without blanking them out. So a whole lot of people that never, you know, I can expect it on some level because I was known for writing about stuff. So. I'm not saying I'm fair game, but I can kind of expect it. But a whole lot of people who are just just a person on Facebook suddenly had their name and face put up there and they were being painted as a bad person. I think that stuff's worse than vultures. It's, yeah. not, it's not journalism. That's totally where I thought was... It's uh, bottom feeding and, or it's like vultures. Yeah, and I thought it was a shame because I actually quite like the spin-off. I think they've done some good things. And uh, they've, <laughs> published, they've published you and you've written some great things for them. <laughs> have a drink yeah <laughs> but if people but if people google that they can read some of your words on the spin-off and they're good words they can now we yeah. had a really large falling out and All right. um oh i probably this is probably you're gonna have to oh we'll see but you know like my well i've been quite open about the fact that i call duncan Grady for honky white devil but um i've never really talked about why 
Maybe it's just enough that I can say Duncan Grave is a honky white devil. Sorry. I, I, I'll, leave it, I'll, I'll leave it to you if you'd like to talk more I had about some that. links taken off for a while. Yeah. Which was an angry request of mine, but basically my career kind of stalled for about two. Or if we can, I guess we can, can we call it a career? Yeah, no, my career kind of stalled mm. because I was furious. <laughs> and I had got and he would not put the links back up mm, okay it just ignored me what was so the, my work was missing and what was and I'd written about I'd written including my poems yeah such as they are I had written um, eight things for the spin-off yeah I was going to say there's about half a dozen yeah, yeah I got I my Māori stuff put back yeah. up the stuff that was explicitly yeah. Māori but, yeah. um, put back up but they just he just ignored me for uh, two years about putting my work back up what was the what was the sort of source of the fury? Do you want to get into that? Um, so I wrote something about James Baldwin. Because mm. that's one of my fa he's one of my favourite. But authors. you wrote that for the Pantograph Punch. No, I wrote that oh, for the spin-off. Oh, you wrote that for the spin-off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the day before it was going to be published, Duncan said he couldn't run it. Yeah. And it wasn't actually my ego. Well. That is mighty, but yeah. it wasn't my ego. It was very, very personal. So yeah, when people I say when people say it wasn't my ego, I think what they mean is it wasn't just my ego. It wasn't. <laughs> well, no. Well, actually, I actually have so much self-belief that you know, if someone wouldn't want a piece of my writing, I'd just think I would not take that. Person, I would yeah. think they had it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But not to the point that yeah. So with that, it, what I didn't get pulled. He didn't decide. He refused. He didn't refuse to publish it because of the quality of the writing. I had talked in it about the way an abusive ex of mine used to call my son the N word, and the version that came back to me that they were willing to punish, uh, publish. Mm. Um, Every single mention of my son had been stripped out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was the end of, and it was on the anniversary of when I had left my partner because of the way he talked to me about my son. Mm. So it still makes me emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and he was quite callous. And his reasons behind doing it were quite um, bizarre. It was more. It was more like this is too much of a hot potato for us. And it was like. Yeah, he was looking after himself, not as writer. Well, no, it was. Yeah, it wasn't just that. It was in the piece I'd written about how I thought they managed the Real Housewives of Auckland thing badly when mm. there was that incident on the boat with the N word. Yeah, you know, with the boat yeah. N word. Yes. Yeah, and um, he seemed plain excited by that, as far as I could tell. You know, they got into they it was something to talk about in their mm. podcast and. Mm -mm. I just felt punished twice over because, you know, it had my partner at the time would, had never admitted to anyone how racist he was about my son and how racist in general. And then it was, you know, sort of my chance to talk about that. And then for a Pākehā man to not let me talk about mm. it was just like... To silence him. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I got yeah. very very angry <laughs> yeah. 
because I was very upset. Now I missed that. Did that? I missed the fact. Did that play out publicly in some way, or did you get angry um, with him in sort of emails? Yeah, I said, <laughs> there's a certain days I should be locked up and not let me <laughs> computer. <laughs> um, uh, no, it didn't quite. Well, I published it anyway, and then the Pantograph Punch. Because mm, that's where it ended to, up. Yes, yes, they did. And they edited it to death. <laughs> and so by the end of it, I was just so sick of Parkers in general. <laughs> I just. Because I also had something in it about. Um, you know, Jimmy, what's his face? Jimmy, is it Jackson? The one that got in trouble for the comedian, the Maori comedian? Oh, is yeah. Is it Jimmy Jackson? Um, Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy something. I, I know what you're talking about, but I'm trying to think of his name. And he yeah. got in trouble for doing... Yes. <laughs> the shit face, sorry. Yes. And um, I remember being on the phone to an editor trying to justify why USAP was bad, but... Did not necessarily think they also made him a misogynist mm. because you know the spin-off did the same thing that they did to you about Aldous. They you know did a hip piece, yeah, yeah, a hip piece, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, and you like the what? politics around intersectionality aren't always going to be straightforward. So for me, Jimmy's crime was n not so great, and. I just remember this complete silence on the other end of the phone from a Pākehā woman trying to, just this deadly silence while I was giggling <laughs> away. And I and then there was a few things going over the editing but, of that piece where I, and there was, I mean the other thing was it was a Māori piece of writing explicitly about some Māori stuff in there too and to try and make it safe mm, mm. <laughs> they got a board of colour. They didn't. They, they did an editorial board of colour <laughs> to um, make sure it was okay, and not one of those people were Maori, and be like, it's not the same. There's mm. really like, I'm not saying that being Maori is better than anything, although I am sort of saying that. But I'm also like, no, I'm not. I'm really not saying that. But I, it's our connection to place is different, and so what gets different, what gets lost in the we're all POC or BIPOC or whatever the fuck they're saying yeah. is that Māori are tangata whenua so that's it. Well whether you're saying they're better or not, what you are saying is it's that different. not only is it different, <laughs> it comes with more complexity and in that, and I think you addressed that in a piece that I like to assume was both tongue in cheek and completely heartfelt, the newsroom I think it's on the newsroom, the poem about... The list. Oh, my listicle. Listicle. I'm going to call it a poem. I don't reckon it's a poem. <laughs> but it's a li it is a listicle because you said it was in the intro. Yeah, yeah, the listicle about fin finally, well, for the first time in a while or whatever, getting to write something about not being Maori. Yeah, what was that I was writing about not being Maori? Because I think I've list, it. You list all of the... Um, Things like I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't have to worry about offending anyone in my family. I don't have to worry about offending <laughs> anyone who's not in my family. I don't have to. This list of things, and I thought like that is a great list to put in front of someone like myself who would go, yeah, I'm aware of white privilege, but I don't think I personally have it. And then you can look at it and go, I don't have to think about any of this shit when I write. I just have to think about whether the spin-off's going to fucking do a hit piece on me or not. And frankly, who cares? And that's all I need to think about. And so it's a great reminder for me to go, well, 
fuck, I do have it easy. Like, I might not have many opportunities right now for paid writing, but I do have it very easy, and I need to be aware of that. Oh, yeah, but, like, actually, I've noticed with a lot of Pākehā as well lately, there's a lot of talk behind closed doors about how worried everyone is about what you can and can't say anymore. Well, that's true. And I that's, don't think it's healthy. That, that, well, I mean, we sort of... Because then the discourse runs away on everyone and people are being dishonest. We may as well admit how uncomfortable and worried and talk about things because otherwise they just bubble away behind. And I do think it's crippling to creativity. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I've, I've noticed at a couple of the open mics that I go to, I've got a couple of poems that I've written along well either a long time ago or I'm writing about something that happened a long time ago and I've chosen to use the word faggot because a character in the poem has said that and it's based on a true experience and it was uncomfortable at the time but fuck it drops like an absolute lead balloon now <laughs> and, well it's supposed to no, no, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I know what I'm doing by using it yeah. it's not supposed to be comfortable or funny I'm actually pointing out that the guy in the piece that's saying it is a fucking jerk was always a jerk. Yeah. But it's amazing how... People have confused reported speech with your a actual idea. Bit. Yeah, I've actually... I've had a couple of conversations with people that are like, I like that, but why did you feel the need to say that? And I've said, well, I I kind of haven't said it. The You're... person that I'm reporting that someone said it. This yeah. Is, and so I don't, you know, and it is that worrying thing that, well, it came out of your mouth, so you must agree with it. It's like, no, no, not only do I not agree with it, I could argue that this technically didn't come out of my mouth. Like, this is a, a report that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and so that's interesting. And that's just a small People thing. People will call like, it amplifying now. They'll say, that's you're right. amplifying Yeah, it. yeah, you should just leave it where you are. And I see a lot of amplification of things in the spirit of not amplifying things. You know, like, people saying, we must not, they've done this thing that you must not do, and then... You know, it gets retweeted a hundred times. And so oh, then yeah. you actually physically see it a hundred times again and again. It's like, well... Well, no one knows their own hypocrisy. Uh, I, I don't even think. know if it's hypocrisy. I just not think it's the the awareness of how this stuff actually works might mm. kind of be a bit out of our control. <laughs> well, I think about... I always think about the, um, the... Maybe the other time I got in trouble, the Robbie Williams thing that happened to me where I... Um, reviewed his show and didn't like it and he sent out a picture of me holding my son and basically called me a fat baby eater now whatever but in the show he talked about he actually talked about in the show how someone took was taking photos of his kids and he went over and ripped the camera off them and threw it in the bin now that never happened there's no way he actually did that but his fans cheered and then he said did this big speech about how no one had the right to take and distribute images of his children and people cheered and yeah. then when he the next day didn't like my review and under his account whether he did it or someone did it for him shared this photo of me that didn't bother me what i thought was uh you know particularly kind of funny and and hypocritical were the number of retweets that clearly came from people that applauded at the concert when he said that you know he didn't want photos of his yeah, son yeah, yeah. they just straight away forgot that that wasn't them. What they were doing by retweeting was supporting their guy they loved who someone had been mean to. Yeah. They hadn't seen that they had completely just undone what allegedly are their own ethics. And it's fucking crazy. And that's just a small example. And I'm only using that one because 
I felt it so personally, so I can totally speak to that. You know, I can recall those details, but that's just a that's happening all the time on social media. People just instantly going back on the thing that they've just condemned. Yeah, so like even before when I was talking about the stuff that happened for me at the spin-off, I would have these fantasies about making people understand <laughs> mm. what it was that had actually happened and why I loathed them. No, not them. Mm. Him. Mm. And it just was never going to work out like that because people love things. Mm. And you can't just, you know, that it's subjective. Mm, mm. And they won't want to know, you know. You can have all, all the truth ducks lined up and people just still want to believe what they want to believe to get by. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's going to be no moment of truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's right. That's right. That's and the other thing I've noticed with the, some of the ID poll stuff is that, you know, like, I've had a solo mum, she's lesbian, I'm Māori, I've been a solo mum myself mum was lesbian uh, there's been and then I've you know had other stuff I had that terrible stalker that tried to kill me and all these things that would you know essentially make me the you know the right kind of person to be um, you know is it woke? I don't know you know yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. unless you're telling people what they want to hear none of those things actually matter mm. I'll just discard them mm. if it's not useful Mm. So that's why I do find that stuff about identity politics upsetting. Not because I don't believe that our identities are important. It's actually precisely because I believe they're important. Yeah. Mm. 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 But that they're only... It's their only use... It's the way people... It has to be useful to mm. someone mm. when they're telling what they want people to know. Yeah. Yeah. I've just felt manipulated a few times. I, I just... Yeah. You said um, that your career went on hold and then laughed and said, if you can call it a career. Let's go back a few steps. Sorry. To, no, that's fine. Let's go back a few steps to establish how um, your non-career slash career has come about. Like, So when you were a kid and you were into reading and you moved around and then from about the age of 12 you were a bit more stable in Dunedin, what, what are you doing as a teenager? And you're dreaming of being a ballerina and a whatever else and all oh, these I things. Oh, I movie director by yeah, then. by then you'd, okay. I've yeah. got a bit less girly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got a bit less Barbie. Yeah. Probably because I'd finally got it, we had, I had a really close group of friends, girlfriends that we just got to be, I got to, finally got to be a girl <laughs> with them. Um, I wanted to be a movie director, I went to university early. Uh, Still I, not really thinking about writing? I did John Dolan's poetry paper. It was just something I could do that mm. I had no real respect for. Mm. Sorry, it's, that's a terrible thing to say. but No, it's good. Do you know what's good about it? Is it's honest. I mean, that's the good thing about it. Oh, I loved other poems. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved poems. Yeah. But I was ne I had no dreams attached to it about... Mm, it just seemed like a ridiculous thing to, to even think about having ambitions around. And the, 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 so I'm very pure. No, it's good. It's, it's good because the the thing that's held poetry up in the conversation for years is the snootiness and wankiness and loftiness around it. I mean, I've got shelves of poetry. I love poetry. I've read most of those and many of them more than once. And some of them, I think, some of those books, I think, are terrible or some of the poems in them are terrible. And some of the best books on that shelf 
have got some terrible poems in them and some amazing ones, right? Yeah. And that's and then I write poems and I really like some of my poems and some of my poems I think are pretty silly. Mm. But I still like that I did them or whatever. Yeah. And and you could argue that I don't have a great amount of respect for it, but actually I think I've got huge respect for poetry. I spent a lot of time with it. Oh but, yeah, no, it's definitely know. like one of the chief loves of my life. I just yeah. I just don't I mean that's probably how much I love it. It's yeah. just this kind of essential thing that really has nothing I've never associated it with money or success. Yeah. Yeah. I always remember um, the writer Tom Robbins saying in a documentary, the great thing about art is that it serves no purpose. And people, I always thought that was fantastic. And any time I've mentioned that, people get up in arms about it. And I think what I think what he was trying to say was, you know, you can't expect to make a living from it. You don't have to do it. And those people that say they are compelled to do it that they must do it i mean i write every day and i would say to someone i you know i've asked that i feel like i need to write every day but the simple fact is i don't i need to drink water every day you know and and have some food and exercise that's what i need to do every day so you are automatically putting a purpose on it by by engaging in it either as a participator or a performer and i, I just always really like that but it, what's funny about that quote is yeah, he probably just set it for something to say, to stir, for it's a start. It's a bit like out with make, it makes nothing happen. Yeah, yeah. Which and is not such a nice double. Yeah, exactly. Such, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, and those... It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to even admit that I was creative, and I still have trouble with that word without flinching. And my Why? therapist, I don't know. I really don't know. It's not like I wasn't encouraged. <laughs> Um, my therapist used to try and say, like, he had an Irish accent, but like, you know, Sean, and his name was Sean, actually, but it was, I was like, in my own version of Good Will Hunting, and he said, he said, he said, he like, I'm not going to do his accent because I'll embarrass myself, but he said, Charlie, you know, like, you're a creative and an artist, and I was like, I just used to screw up my face at him and wonder what he was talking yeah. about, but, um, when I did my social services degree, about, eight years ago I used a lot of creative stuff made a lot of stuff to get through that degree and got to the point that I actually realised I become quite unwell if I don't make stuff yeah mm. so it is kind of essential living breathing thing for me to have to do and I don't even really I'm only sort of just really getting my head around that yeah I have to make stuff or I become unwell mm. <laughs> yeah mm. and um You've also worked in like rest homes and yep. rest care and that's another thing for keeping myself was keeping myself well. That like that was good good work. Poorly paid good work. Oh so poorly paid. Yeah, yeah, such yeah. a saint, oh, such a saint. <laughs> <laughs> like it generally was like ten bucks an hour yeah, in the yeah. hand. So sort of double what you make as a writer but still really <laughs> yeah. really, really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so much value in yes. that work. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would probably also have to admit that I'd never want to go back to it. I do fantasise about it a bit. You I just think how nice, because part of it, what I liked, was putting on the uniform mm. and Having disappearing. And and but also disappearing. Playing a character. Playing a character, but also as a caregiver, you are so invisible mm -hmm. to people. You're invisible 
in the community, like you're invited, it's just like, and then so as, as because you're invisible, you can watch. Yes. Yeah. And that's you're not treated like you're somebody, you're treated like a complete nobody. Is that why you can get yelled at and, and sort of treated terribly by people too? Because they don't see you as a person, you're, you're a th- an object in the way of what they want, which is yeah. better care for their family member. Or, yeah, and you know, they will often not understand yes. that you're at the not that, you know, like... You're not you're at the decision, you're, you're, you're at the part. very bottom, yeah. which is kind and of what... And you struck. actually want the same thing as them, if anything, maybe. If, yeah, yeah, like, no one wants yeah. to... There was, oh, there was a, actually, some cruel people do get attracted to caregiving, but that's another story. But, um... Yeah, it's the same, you know, anyone, like hospo, um, cleaning, uh, caregiving, you see things that, you know, cleaners, when they empty out your bins, they know mm. everything about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know more about you than your boss. Mm. So, <laughs> they see you. So, when I worked at Little Sisters, which was the nun, it was a nun run, it was a Catholic run rest home, the cleaners would the nuns who aren't really in active service anymore because actually women well Pākehā women well because there's more in other countries um don't really become nuns anymore which I thought was pretty interesting mm. you know once society's opened up enough that women don't have to be married though Catholic women don't really make that choice anymore to mm. Mm. have that level of separateness from men <laughs> And, um, but there was one that used to go in and clean their little enclave in the middle of the... And they came out with all sorts of information. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, I'm not trying to romanticise it. Mm. It's just this... Actually, we'll know more about often people that we choose not to see will see you. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Now, you talked about the poetry stalling somewhat recently. You saw, Well, you... Or talk about yourself as saying you were reluctant, you're not really a, don't see yourself as an essayist, and that you're not sure if you see yourself as a poet anymore, is what you said at the start of this conversation. So the, oh, no, I just not, I'm just a bit funny about the word. About the word, yeah. So you still. I will say semi poet, yeah. and I flinch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you still write, you still write poetry, you just don't like being called a poet. Oh, no, I'm happy to be called a poet now, because may as well, like, Mm-mm. yeah. It is, um, a funny, it is a funny thing to write. I wish I could write fiction. Yeah. And I can't. Yeah. As yet. Yeah. So I've been obsessed with Alice Munro. She's a short story, you know, mm. short story writer for since I was about 25, 26. Mm. Just absolutely obsessed with how she does what she does. Mm. And the way she disappears as an author, which actually might tie a wee bit back into what I was talking about with disappearing into, uni- into a uniform. Mm. Um... But I just can't do it. And I think part of that is that I actually literally have quite a hard time making things up. Yeah. Although I'll constantly see people, like at the supermarket, pushing a trolley and think, what's your story? Or, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a jar on the shelf and I'll get a story going in my head about that. I just don't seem to have the ability... I just don't seem to have that yet. And do you feel also, I wonder, like... You've written a lot of first-person stuff about yourself, and in both poetry and particularly in, say, these essays that have that are sometimes on the spin-off and that are the Bandagraph Punch and Newsroom and uh, that we're the Sunday Star Times now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I've read them online on stuff, but they appear in print, do they, in the Sunday Star Times? Yeah. Yeah. That's Which a, are that word. That's uh, nice. columns, really. Um, but well, they, they asked me yeah. to do an op-ed. Yeah. A reasonably regular op-ed. Mm. And I was like, oh, nah. <laughs> like, not that. Because mm. I see what happens to the other people with opinions. Yeah. And also my opinions don't... They're not... Uh, one thing I've noticed with my essays is that people often from different sides of an argument will think I'm saying what they're saying. I'm actually not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with the euthanasia one I wrote, I noticed that people that were pro-euthanasia thought I was saying I was pro. And then people that were anti-euthanasia thought I was being anti it. Mm. But I was neither of those things. I actually wasn't certain. Yeah, and like writing those an essay as a way of kind of figuring out what you might think. Yeah, and still actually be a bit unresolved at the end. Totally. Yeah, yeah. writing is a good way to to sort of understand the thing for yourself, right? Or, or understand what you know about something and where you might fall yeah. on it. And it doesn't mean you've got the answer. No, no, it's, no it's, answer. It's like long division. It's like showing the long division. Yeah. And. I don't like this style of opinion writing in general. It's probably one of my least favourite things mm. to read. Mm. So why would I write like that, mm. you know? Um, yeah, I find it quite bombastic and heavy. Like, yeah. I just did kind of clunky sentences. I'm yeah, yeah. quite secretly fussy about that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just not my... But you've hit it out of the park with the with the housing pieces. Oh, well, that's what we sort of talked about. So I'm like, oh... Not every week, but if I yeah, every, stick to that theme... Yeah, every time I contribute, I can do it around that theme. Of, of, of housing, because yeah. that is such a hot topic, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the other thing is that I think I am probably doing a book. Yeah. Of, I guess, their essays. I guess that's what we'll call them. And um, they will be very mouldy. I've got a real... I've, I'm trying to hoard quite a bit of personal material without putting it online. Yeah, yeah. Into that disposable cycle, and yeah. I think it's um, insulting to readers to collate stuff that you've already done and package it into a book. I mean, mm. definitely not like you, you know. I want to do something new mm, mm. with all my material. Mm. I don't want to rehash over what I've already done and try and turn that into a, a product. Like you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I, I try and have a lot of respect for a reader. You know, they're paying money mm. to read. You know, so hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, paying money and spending yeah. time yeah. making an effort to read you. Yeah, it has yeah. to be respected. Yeah, yeah. And I've also thought that, like with the Maori stuff, I don't think I would write essays unless that was what really got me going. Mm. And with being Maori, you're not actually just writing about yourself. You're writing about all of you together mm. in a way, mm. and especially with your ancestors. Mm. You're, you know, they can believe this or not believe this, well, but you, there's a story that's been trying to. It's like being a conduit or a conduct. You know, you're a conduit for those. You have this good way of writing about many different things at at, at once. I think, or or, you know, you can like I've read your North and South piece about rugby. Shall we say it's about rugby a couple of times and uh. and, and read it very differently each time. You know, and liked it both times, but read it and different things of it have stuck out about it. And the second time I read it, I went, oh, this is a great sort of revenge hit piece on an ex. Um, well, that was the same one that used to call my son. That yeah, yeah, no, 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 I get that. And so I'm sure there's many pieces that are still to be written or, or could be. 
Um, but well, I had this really weird moment. So I actually hated running that one. Mm. I was in a really stuck place. Normally, I experience quite a lot of pleasure writing. I've not had that same stuckness that other people seem to talk mm. about. Mm -mm. But I hated every single sentence. I hated myself writing. I felt false. I felt like a fraud. And I'd been feeling like a fraud ever since I got the residency. And I find it quite hard to fake enthusiasm. And the stuff in that story, like my enthusiasm and lust for rugby, is pretty gone. You know, it's not mm. what it was. Mm -mm. And it was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I did have this discovery writing it. that my ex had dropped me off and my son to actually pick up tickets from Jamie. He had arranged to meet us. Jamie mm. he had, yeah. Mm. My dad had rang him up and said, can you get, you know, some tickets for my daughter for the game? Mm. And instead of leaving him at the ticket office, Jamie said he'd come and give them, you know, to us personally, which was a kick for my son, you mm. know, to mm. meet the cousin that's the yeah, yeah, famous, famous coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're a good player. He was such yeah. a good player. Yeah. And he's tall, you know, he's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my ex dropped us there and saw it happening and would still say to me, that's not really your cousin though, is it? And come home and say, you know. And I didn't actually realise how powerful that was. Mm. You know, how that powerful that narrative became? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I, I was only once writing that that I realised actually <laughs> it was actually really abusive mm. <laughs> to... Um, needle someone about their family and yeah. say that that's not really their to family. Take, to take their own story off them. You know, yeah, basically. even when he'd actually even seen it. Yeah, I'd yeah, actually, yeah. So and that's what his telling of that of, story kind yeah. of made me question, did that actually even really happen? Yeah. Is Jamie really my cousin? You know, that kind of stuff. So it's, that a, guess, you, it's a gaslighting that's happening. Yeah, and I hate that language yeah, 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 yeah. It's become such pop psychology. Yeah. But I think also maybe and I hate lazy, it because there's something in it. A lazy shorthand. It is a lazy shorthand, yeah. It feels, but... um. Yeah. yeah, the best thing I saw recently was the Wikipedia entry for the 1940 movie called Gaslighting, and you look it up and it says there actually was no 1940 movie, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I, you, you talk about being a bit stuck writing that. I bet that's one of the pieces you had a lot of overwhelmingly positive feedback about because that tends to happen oh, with writers, the, the ones that, the ones that. Um, the pieces that you find the hardest to write or you feel the least comfortable about wrangling or whatever are often the pieces that generate a great response from people. So all of that anguish is worthwhile. Um, abroad in the bros. <laughs> like, you know, have and you the poets weren't that interested. Yeah, yeah. Have you, checked with, uh, have you checked with North and South if it's brought in new subscribers? Oh... Uh, no, they're happy with it. Yeah. Happy. I will yeah. write for them again. I'm yeah. going to um, hopefully write about, although sort of, I'm just trying to think about how I can save it for a book. Yeah. But I want to go back to, I'm Whakapapa to Porongaho, through the uh, Shasha mm -hmm. student, yeah, to CSEs. So, mm. either they will either be called CSEs or Shashas. But um, I would like to write about going back to Porongaho for um, Rachel Morris. So, because she's from the Hawke's Bay as well. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And because I went to pity Shasha's Tangi, who was mm -hmm. the vice chancellor at Maori vice chancellor at Varsity. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I'm also going back there to learn how to karanga with a friend of mine, 
who is from Whakapapa City too, and we've been, you know, best friends forever, but like our nannies, you know, a hundred years ago were best friends, mm, so mm. that's going to be fun to write. Mm. Yeah, no, I, no, and also the, I did like, what I like about the rugby story is that it's positive. Yeah, yeah. It's talking about what we can do. Yeah. What Māori do do. Yeah. I, I hate the stories where we just talk about what was done to us when we're not active agents. Yeah, yeah. We're not, you know, we. I, I hate that angle on history. This is what was done to us and I just find it... Well... I my, don't find it... I, I just find it just... In gen mm. We were not victims in that way that I just don't... I just don't... Definitely things were happened to us that should not have happened. The but other, the, we've always been active resistors, yeah. active agents, and yeah. history, you know, like, I just and want I, to talk about what we do do. And actually, if, sorry, that part of being a McDonald's, so I am actually a McDonald's like the rest of them, mm. because you wouldn't, you just don't do victim. And I wonder if those sort of victim stories you're talking about and historical pieces, now, they, all they probably really do is end up having the opposite fit that they like the paper for people like John Banks and Sean Plunkett and whoever else to go, oh, we're all one people, just drop all the grievances and let's start again, which is, you know, not the answer. Yeah, but, but I don't know, actually find that as offensive as the ones that try and do the sticking up for us against the John Banks, because I right. don't think they're not dealing with their own triggers. Because it's not real. Well, I just think you guys are probably just as bad, you're just not willing to admit it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I find brazen racism easier to deal with than well, the, an honesty about it that you well can, it's just you can tackle it and you can believe it it's an honest intention it's it's open in that sense yeah it reeks of sincerity yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and a volume of poetry am i going to do a volume of poetry yeah, yeah well i've had that hooked up i've had a book i've actually <laughs> um i got offered a book about four years ago oh it must be longer, longer. Yeah. It's 11 years. Oh, I was meant ago. to do a book of poems 11 years ago. Wow. And then I've paid, it's a, with a very small publisher, um, and, oh, like, it's, there's money, like I've done, I've given, yeah, yeah I, well, uh, the work's well, <laughs> It's really, I have to do it, so, yeah. that, no one has to give me any money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I want to do it with this publisher because he produces beautiful books. Yeah. So it will be a very slim run. Yeah. Like, but um, I'm not in it to win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it will be a beautiful looking book. Mm. Yeah, sorry. So yeah. how do you balance? How do you balance getting by, making a life and a living, and doing writing? I don't. Sorry. <laughs> No, well, I, I mean, you know, not, not many do if, if they have similar interests and professional hobbies as us. So I'm just wondering what what thought you've given to giving that a go, achieving some sort of some sort oh, of. Oh, no, that's what I'm aiming for this yeah. year. Yeah. So that's why I've agreed to do the housing thing for Sunday Star Times. Yeah, and, a money game. and have a hopefully have a yeah. reasonably good continuing relationship with North and South because yeah. that's nice that they're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they pay well, to be honest. Yeah. And then um, riding and this other thing, like yesterday, I went off to um, talk to Briar Grace Smith and I met Patricia Grace to yeah. talk about cousins. 
and to write about that and to do the odd thing where I go and boast up um, other Māori that I respect and admire is a really nice thing to be able to do. Yeah, um, how was that? <laughs> Meeting Patricia Grace? Oh, amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, surreal. Yeah. Yeah, and she's a very contained person. So yeah, 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 yeah. It was a privilege. But I imagine you'd first read her a long time ago. Yeah, and it was nice because me and Briar had um, both, like, Motu Whenua was one of my favourite books when I was 13, and it mm. was the same with Briar, and I was telling them I told my English teacher when I was 13 that my Motu Whenua was my favourite book. That was came out, it was published the same year I was born in 1978. But I told my English teacher that was my favourite book and Flowers in the Attic. Mm. And the English teacher was only semi-worried about me and my taste, <laughs> taste levels. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, I was a... I don't really distinguish between high and low. No, well, no, I mean, they're all... They're all giving you ideas and options and stories, right? Like yeah, but my main you... thing was I was a greedy read, reader and reading was a pleasure. Yeah. So, like... I'll walk out of a play if I'm bored by half time. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people do a bit of chore reading. Mm-mm. And I yeah, really rec- don't want to read... I don't, I don't want it to be a chore. I've recently, only recently, got into just giving away the idea I'm going to finish certain books. Like, yeah, well, yeah. why? What know, does it mean? Because I used to read them to the end <laughs> yeah. when I wasn't enjoying them, and now I won't do that. And so I'll, you know, I've got lots of different books on the go, because that's sort of like... A learned behaviour from having lots of tabs opened. Yeah, yeah, that's to- a, that is affecting us. I yeah, think. totally, <laughs> no, totally. And so I've just learnt to embrace that and go, well, that's actually good. And I'm aware that I'm going to start more books than I'm going to finish, and that that's also okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and but, some books that you'll probably never read. And some books that I'll never read. I mean, many of the books on these shelves actually are books I haven't read now because I'm trying to get rid of. See, I've never read Infinite Jest, and I'm looking at it, and I've, I'll be fine. Yeah, I've not read that either. Oh, uh, <laughs> and I'm that. also reading me. Hang Actually, on, that's why, the one on, thing I do. Hang on, why am I in trouble for admitting that and you're <laughs> oh, not? Because it's my shelf. It's gender. Oh, no, it's, oh, right. it's, not, shelf. it's not your oh. shelf, it's gender. Because my, my, my wife's read that. <laughs> oh, good on it. So she read it. And I know a woman that loved it. Yeah, I think she liked she it. She has terrible taste in books. <laughs> not your wife, my, my friend. Oh, I, I know. Say, she said in books. Um, <laughs> I think she liked it, but I think she might not have actually finished it, which I, I think is probably a lot clever. of people's. Yeah. I mean, I quite like, like too his... clever to be easily readable, and that's my goal. It's like I don't... I mean, he's he's a massively problematic person oh, to talk about even now. More so. That's right. Um, I, I like Mary Carr essays. that he was yeah. with better. Yeah. I like Mary Carr's writing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I liked his essays, um, some of them. And I, I mean, I did love that book. I think it's next to Infinite Jest, the girl with the curious hair, book of short stories. Yeah, uh, as a, was amazing. But I, I feel no desire to reread him or reconnect with him. He actually wrote one of the first books about rap music as well, which is quite a weird thing. Oh, yeah, well, it was probably, it was mentally... Yeah, it was a, it was a brain, yeah. Brainy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think... Which there isn't is this, my most favourite kind no, of writing. I think, I, no, neither, and I think that the, the too cleverness of him is um, obviously not what makes him problematic, but it's a bit of a problem to me, the too cleverness of him. Like, it's just a bit much. Yeah, no, I'm actually quite basic. Like, there'll be often things I don't, I just don't understand what they're talking about. Mm. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm really not an intellectual. So you mentioned Alice Munro, you've mentioned a couple of other people, but who are the, who are the sort of big 
um, writers for you as a, as a reader that have, maybe not now, but that at certain points in your life have been uh, companions, have been tutors, or just... Oh, definitely that another country. Definitely James Baldwin when I was a teenager. Yeah. I loved The World According to Gar when I was about that same age. That was like the first proper... I'd been reading proper adults books probably from when I was about seven or eight, but... Yeah. What's his name that wrote The World According to Gar? John Irving. Irving. I've never read anything of his. People tell me... Um, World According to Gar is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I love the film and I should... Oh, it's got John know, Lithgow in it. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And Robin Williams, yeah. And um, Glenn Close. Amazing, um, it is, yeah. And I, there was a movie made called, or oh, hang on, I think the book's called A Widow for a Year, is it? And um, the, there was a movie made of one of his books. But oh, the they made a movie of Cider House Rolls, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen that, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. I've seen a few of the films, I've never read any of his books, but um, he's he's supposed to be a very enjoyable reader to. To read, and I've just never got to him. I think I've got. Yeah, a, I'm, I think there are a couple on the shelf. A prayer for Owen Manny is always mentioned as one of his good books. Um, Graham Greene. Yeah. Was really big for me for a while. John Updike, which mm. is yeah, actually someone's just written something about how if you like problematic male writers, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, make yeah. you problematic. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot. I actually think John Updike, out of all those American greats, actually has more. Um, I wouldn't call it sympathy or empathy. He's more interested in women than I think what he gets credit for. Right. Like even aside, like all the muffins stuff versus, that he writes about in couples. Versus someone like Philip Roth or whatever. Yeah, or who's um, you know pretty horrible in that regard. I really used to love Julian Barnes. Yeah. Um. See, these are all men, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I was just—I was going to say, where are the where are the women? But you, uh, you led with Alice Munro. So, I did. Yeah, yeah, Alice yeah. Munro is my queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'll allow that. I'll let you have that. And I did. The I did um, <laughs> no, they're definitely there. I'm not a Margaret Atwood fan, so for me, right. it's Alice. Yeah, right. I don't hate her. Just yeah, don't yeah. love it. Yeah, I and feel the, the, same well, way. the only book of hers that I really love is *The Robber Bride*, which is actually a pretty pulpy read. You know, I, it's like about female friendship yeah, and yeah, it's got yeah. a murder plot in it. I think the only novel I've read is The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I've, it's such a depressing and yeah, then they yeah. make a series. But the, <laughs> um, I've read quite a bit of her poetry and I think she actually oh. writes quite cool um, prose poems and like, you know, microfiction stuff. Like some of that's really cool. Yeah, actually one of her poems is one of my very most favourites, yeah. but it's by accident and for sentimental reasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's from Morning in the Burnt House. It's very good. Yeah. But actually, probably not technically good. It just resonates, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna to have to think of the woman writers I love. Otherwise, I'm gonna be in trouble. Ah! <laughs> the spin-off are gonna actually print, print, print this podcast out with both our names on it, and uh, and we're both gonna be in trouble. I'm frightened. <laughs> um. You don't need to feel put on the spot at all. I'm just curious about the things, because I know, I, I mean, we've only just met, but you've been talking about reading, and I listened to you interviewed on Kim Hill a few years ago, mm. where you talked about reading. And yeah. so I always knew that about you, and I, my impression has been that you were someone who um, kind of did the work when you didn't even know you were doing the work, and that was all the no, reading. No, I knew. Oh, you knew. Yeah. But, in, but then it's come out, and it's formed you as a writer. Well, it was because I, I was so what stuck. I mean, what I mean by it, you did the work without knowing it is that 
it's informed your writing discipline. Well, I was actually making a proper study of it. Mm. Yeah, like I actually, and then there was that got rid of the pleasure element for a yeah. while, which yeah, was sort yeah. of disturbing. Yes. And so then it was nice to go. I think the first book I read again for pleasure that was like The Life of Pi. Oh, I yeah. thought that was a wonderful book. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh no, he's <laughs> by a man. Oh, like Flannery O'Connor, Carson oh, yeah. McCullers, Eudora yeah, yeah. Welty. There you go. All those. There you go. All that Southern aesthetic. Yeah. I actually did love Toni Morrison too. Yeah. Tar yeah. Baby. See, that's quite a pulpy one as well. Yeah. But Tar Baby is Alice one of Walker. my favorite. Uh, yeah, I love The Colour Purple. It's yeah. a beautiful book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful book. Yeah. Um, I just don't, yeah, I, I would never do that thing where I, you know, like people will put themselves on a mission to just read women for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't treat it like a regime. Yeah, or Maori. I'm the same about food. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I just <laughs> eat what I want. Yeah. For pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you haven't named any New Zealand writers. You don't um, have to. Yeah, no, Janet. Yeah. Okay. Janet Frame. Yeah, yeah. And well, um, I guess actually Morris G. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, watch, and we got read Pinomi Pinomi at school by a Māori teacher, uh -huh. which was quite probably, that was pretty lucky, Yeah. to hear it in that voice, Yes. and to be read aloud too. That yeah. was at Mount, Mount Cook School, Mr. Tafaiti, he used to read us from Pinomi Pinomi. he did all the voices for Game of Cards, and it was like being there, it was the coolest. Yeah. Pinomi Pinomi, that was important, that's an important book, and... Yeah, and, and Morris, uh, not Morris G's adult novels, although... They're very sad. That Blindsight book, he wrote, have you read Blindsight? Nah. Oh. And I loved In My Father's Den, I loved the movie, and I oh, went yeah, back and read great. the original. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the movie's better than the book in some ways, the yeah. decisions they made. Yeah. Sometimes but, that's interesting, eh? Like The Shining. They... I'm dealing with that with The Shining at the moment. Oh, the film's the, better than the book. Yeah, because I haven't, I'm, in, I'm reading the book at the moment, and because I read lots of Stephen King, and then I just didn't for years, and I haven't, and... I decided I'm going to read a couple of the classic books I never read, and I love the Shining movie, so I've sort of stalled a bit on reading the book, but I am yeah. kind of, but I am enjoying it. But the problem is, my son wanted to watch the Shining, and I agreed to watch it with him because he's into horror films. And now I don't really care to what to finish reading the book. Yeah. But the film is to me, and all these people have gone, "Oh no, you've got to read the book; it's its own thing." And I can see that it is, but I, I just reckon Kubrick made really good choices for the film. And oh, Stephen, was Stephen, Stephen King hated. I've never read Stephen King. Yeah, I, well, I haven't for about twenty-five years. I didn't read The Hobbit because it was all like, yeah. the first chapter was only about what they were having for lunch or something. I was like, this can't go on like that. <laughs> yeah, it's I haven't read any of that stuff. I, and I'm actually into descriptions of food, but I was yeah. like, oh no, they're funny little men, and they live in a hole, and they're having tea. <laughs> Like this isn't this universe. Yeah, none of that shit. None of that shit's for me. I can't do. I can't watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I can't watch Game of Thrones. None of that stuff's for me. Oh, so I got through the first five seasons without knowing who anyone was because the ex used to watch it, and yeah. normally I'd pay attention, but I just, I just wasn't aware of any of. It. I do like Vikings though. Yeah, I had a good. thing for Vikings. But, but as a rule for me, swords and sandals, I'm out. Not yeah, I'm not into. It's not my thing. I think it's because I. Well, I sort of have some theories about that that won't be popular, but um. Go. If the world's enough for you, if your world's okay, even though I was a real escape reader, um, I don't think you'll be as drawn to fantasy. Mm. Mm. You know, if your life's really hard or no, that's, I can see. Yeah, that. like that's, you can, the, like with the world building stuff, that yeah. to need that complete escape. Escape, yeah, yeah. Although yeah. The, a huge thing for me was um, 
the O trilogy. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about yeah. with Morris Jane. Half Man of Iron. And so that's yeah, lucky yeah, that yeah, Peter yeah. Jackson never Touched got his big, <laughs> yes. big mitts on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember those books too, actually. From now, you've, now you've brought them up. I remember that. It's yeah. I maybe... bonded with Megan Dunn over O trilogy oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're both. It was quite formative for us. And Sweet Valley High, of mm. course. So. <laughs> yeah, mm. but that's sort of fantasy too, I suppose. Megan Dunn's a good writer. Yeah, yeah, I really think she is a very good yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Hoping, I'm hoping she'll put something else out soon. I know she's been working on yeah. that mermaid book. Something's coming. Oh, no, yeah, I think but something else is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, hey, well, we've had a nice chat. Is there anything else that you want me to bring up or that you want to bring up? Is there something you wished I'd asked you? Is there something you want to plug or mention? Oh, I do love that there's, so I'm really not, like, I do love that there's so many new young people around, confidently. Mm. I do like the renaissance that seems to be happening with all the Māori kids that are around making poetry and yeah, yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, um... Young, I mean, it always sounds so, I sound like such a silly old git saying this, but young people doing their things, writing, music, whatever it is, um, are just so clever and so good. Like, they, I yeah. guess they have the, the tools of the internet are in place and they've grown up with them, but that doesn't mean they've got any easier run. It's actually harder to get eyeballs now than it ever was, arguably with more people are more you yeah know, yeah yeah a more spoiled for choice and be more reluctant to step out yeah yeah um, so but i'm just amazed at the sort of resources and you know i went to this gig the other week uh a mate of mine goes oh, do you want to come and see my daughter's band play and i sort of thought fuck are we at that stage yeah and you know <laughs> yes, but, I was like, but it was like yes and, and yes of course i will so we went and apart from feeling like one of the two creepy old men in the bar but at least you know, my mate was actually the father of Yeah, the yeah, kids. yeah. And I felt like that was either conveyed or didn't need to be, whatever. Uh, but I was just like, fuck, these kids have got merch. I've never heard of their band. Mm. And they've got T-shirts and they're really good because probably someone connected to the band, some friend is at design school or something and has gone, yeah. you know, and they've the all done... The collabs that they're all doing, yeah, which is all a done, terrible word, but it it's actually fantastic what they That's right, yeah, and yeah. you see the proof of it. So, like... Um, They've probably been to some course around what you should and shouldn't do. And someone said to them, well, you know, no one buys your album anymore. So you should have merch because then you'll make some money. You'll, you know, someone will buy something. True. And so the pay, you pay 10 bucks to get into a gig and then you have the option of spending 20 or whatever on a, a T-shirt. And I'm a little bit more, because I'm not drinking at the moment, I'm a little bit more... Uh, attuned to this noticing that people aren't there to get smashed at the bar they're actually there to watch their friends band play so they might yeah, they don't... might happily sit on a water and spend their 25 bucks not on beers but on a t-shirt oh no it's just cool it's just cool seeing it all it happen. is cool i do wish the young weren't so straight though yeah that's, that's another thing it's a, it's a <laughs> terrible waster it's a long-term terrible waster the the straightness of the children i find it alarming but no that they're cool yeah that's good they do it to look after themselves which is a good lesson for us well, all. Well, <laughs> that's right. They're, in, they're inheriting a, um, a shittier world than, with with more um, pressures around how they're going to be perceived than we ever were, right? Because we grew up in a in a relatively carefree, and some would say too carefree, 
environmental zone. Oh, environmentally. Yeah, yeah, environmentally. It was only, that's right. And then also in terms of, you know, whatever, everyone has a different experience, but like day-to-day pressures for functioning households were, were almost non-existent. Whereas now, the most functioning household still has stresses around what's happening. Yeah. High, high prices of things, who's doing what, who's picking who up when, and who's busy in a fucking flaming Twitter war when they, <laughs> when they actually should be cooking dinner. You know, it's, I'm not saying it's good, it's fucking stupid. But, but I do think they're also a generation of kids that have been told to look after themselves. Yeah, 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 that's right. And the first generation that got told... I don't think we quite got it. I think we're sort of at the tail end of self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. to, be- to believe in yourself, like those yeah. kids are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway. Well, I look forward to the book of essays, and I look forward to the long-awaited book of poems. Yeah, I'll get around to it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for coming in yeah, and chat. That's all right. I feel your love. I feel time is up When I was a child I never knew enough What that do to me The wave of love is a transient hug The water's the shell and we are the nut But I saw a hand out of the barrel Look at all the peaches